and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is someone going mad herself, Lily. Why, hello there. Well, this week we watched an amazing cartoon of the 1990s about the surreal adventures of the asthma hound Chihuahua and his friend, a stupid but lovable cat, the Ren and Stimpy Show. I don't know, Lily. What what'd you what do you think? Um, it's a little disturbing. I mean, was this like a children's cart? This was on Nickelodeon, right? <laughs> and MTV. And MTV. Okay. And MTV. Yeah, this is like one of those shows you could also catch kind of late night on MTV around the time of Beavis and Butthead. So th- this appealed to a broader audience than just young children. Because if I was a young child and watched this, I might um, have terrible dreams to <laughs> oh for sure yeah <laughs> ren and stimpy traumatizing children across the nation yeah it, it definitely has those scarier elements and you know it's often when people think about it they think of it as a gross out cartoon yes which it really is it is it got away with a lot but even though it is there, there's really no denying it, it's masterful animation it, as i mentioned to you you know before we were recording this is Really one of the most beautiful cartoons ever animated, in my opinion. Do you have uh, reasoning for that statement? Yes. And I mean, believe me, I know the Miyazaki movies and, and things like that are beautiful as well, so don't don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying this is this is up there, at least as far as American animation goes. I mean, I guess I was you know, not very old at all. I wasn't even around, I don't think, when uh, they were airing this. Oh, no, it predates you. Predates yeah. me. So I'm used to smooth, something a little smoother, but for its time period, yeah, it is, uh, it's good looking. Yeah, they really took a lot of care and effort in the making of this cartoon from the, the drawings and the animations. They wanted to get every movement perfectly. Uh, the creator, John Kay, which we'll get into, he, he really stressed putting pathos into the characters. You know, you really want to feel the emotion and even though these are goofy characters, you know, farting and puking and all this stuff, <laughs> he really, really put that into all of his uh, animators, like really instilled that in them, that you, you really want to feel the emotions of these characters and, and have that conveyed to the audience. And it, even the backgrounds are, are beautiful painted backgrounds. Th- this is, of course, cell animation. Everything's hand painted. And the, the look is just amazing. John Kay really stressed uh, not having these characters look flat. I think he really resents the the look of cartoons nowadays, where they they just look completely flat. There's very little dimension, and even though it's a, a stylistic choice, a lot of times it's something he just absolutely abhors. Yeah, I mean, definitely comes across. So I think it's part of the reason that it, it's such a gross-out cartoon because such care is taken <laughs> for those specific s- scenes that are gross. No, definitely. I mean, if you put a lot of detail in your work, it's going to enhance whatever you're trying to make. So if you make something a a little gross with a lot of detail, it's going to be very gross. (laughs) Now, each episode of the Ren and Stimpy show is comprised of usually two main stories separated by some brief commercials or segments, depending on how the running time, I guess, went. And so for this episode of the podcast, we watched the classic episode featuring the stories Space Madness and The Boy Who Cried Rat. And this premiered on August 25th, 1991 on Nickelodeon. Now, both of these stories were directed by the show's creator, John Chris Felusi, who's also known as John Kay, considering his name is a little difficult for people to 
read and pronounce. Yes, I certainly had no idea how to say it. So. <laughs> yes, the, the the C is a is an S sound, which is a little different. But uh, Space Madness. It was written by John Kay along with Jim Gomez. The Boy Who Cried Rat, also written by John Kay along with Vincent Waller. Now, uh, in an earlier episode of this podcast, Sean and I covered an episode of You Can't Do That on Television, which was a huge part of Nickelodeon from the early 80s to the early 90s. And after that era had passed, Nickelodeon really turned its attention towards developing its own characters, and uh, these cartoons became known as Nicktoons. And Ren and Stimpy are part of that original three, along with uh, Doug and Rugrats, which I'm I'm sure you're familiar with, Lily. Oh, yeah. I loved Rugrats growing up. They're absolutely great. Doug, I think, was a little bit before me. I did see some episodes of Doug, uh, but definitely I was more attached to Rugrats. Yeah, Rugrats pretty much stayed put with Nickelodeon and, uh, you know, lasted through a couple of series. There was even one where they're all grown up. Yeah. And they had some movies, and uh, Doug Doug had a weird trajectory where Doug actually left the network and ended up on ABC Saturday Mornings with a new voice. Weird. And, yeah, it was. And, uh, well, we'll get into the trajectory of Ren and Stimpy. This is a pretty tumultuous run here. <laughs> but the uh, foundation of Nicktoons really ushered in the golden era of the network, really, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, you know, Nickelodeon also began to then produce a lot of their own live-action programming uh, from half-hour comedies like The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Salute Your Shorts, uh, to even game shows like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Are you familiar with any of those, Lily? I have not seen any of those at all. <laughs> oh, man. You you at least got to see Double Dare. I'll make sure I look that up. It sounds interesting. It's pretty messy. <laughs> it's, was that the introduction <laughs> of Nickelodeon Slime? Is that where that... Well... No, well, as we as we covered in that that previous episode, you can't do that on television. Was really the origin of the slime, and uh, Nickelodeon decided to co-produce it with this Canadian studio, and really took on slime as a part of its own network identity. Yeah, now now it's part of the logo. Yeah, as we talked about it, they even had a slime fountain in front of Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, the episode of Ren and Stimpy we're covering today, it came at a time of relative peace between Ren and Stimpy's creator John Kay and Nickelodeon. John Kay and his studio Spumco were producing these brilliantly animated episodes of the Ren and Stimpy show for Nickelodeon at a reported cost of $6 million an episode. Oh my god. Very pricey. Yeah. But unfortunately, that brilliance came at another cost. In his dedication to quality, John Kay quite regularly missed network deadlines. And it was even a joke on The Simpsons. There was an episode where they're going to show a clip of Ren and Stimpy, I believe at a film festival. And uh, there, there was no footage. And uh, that was kind of like The Simpsons creators, you know, making a uh, friendly jab at, at John Kay. Plus, in addition to writing and directing these episodes, John Kay was also doing the voice of Ren, opposite the great Billy West, who was doing the voice of Stimpy, among other characters as well. Yes. As soon as I heard uh, Stimpy talk, I was like, oh my god, it's Fry! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Billy West is such a great voice actor. Yeah. He's probably my favorite voice actor of all time. Yeah, hard to beat. Now, supposedly, I guess... For his uh, Stimpy voice, he really tapped into Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. That's where a lot of his inspiration came from. 
And John Kay really had a, a Peter Lorre type of voice. Kind of an older actor. You know, he had a voice like this. You know, it's a, a kind of a, a weirder, creepier voice. You can definitely hear a resemblance in what they're saying. Yeah, very odd. Very odd accent for Ren. But John Kay really just had a hand in everything to do with this cartoon. So you can understand why there were so many production delays. So over the course of seasons one and two, with his disregard for deadlines, relations began to be more and more strained with Nickelodeon. And towards the end, I guess it was reported that he was only communicating with the network through his lawyer. <laughs> oh no. Now, allegedly, John Kay claims that the final straw was an episode entitled Man's Best Friend, which involves his other character, George Licker, who is just a, an, an older, cantankerous gentleman, uh, training his new pets, Ren and Stimpy. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite the episode. It ended with Ren getting his revenge by brutally beating George with an oar. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just, it's graphic. I mean, Ren is slapping him across the face, and you just see in slow motion his face contort and twist around the oar, and he's getting more and more bruised and bloodied. As you would expect with a Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Yeah, but this one was a little too violent, a little too graphic for Nickelodeon. And in September 1992, Nickelodeon terminated their contract with John Kay, but they offered him some sort of like a, a role, almost like a consultant, but he refused it. He, he felt if he accepted, he would be a sellout. And he even tried to convince Billy West to leave the show with him, but Billy West stayed. And so Billy West ended up doing the voices of both Ren and Stimpy from season three onward. Interesting. Did the quality of the animation decrease as well? I mean... Unfortunately, yes. So, like, Nickelodeon left John Kay's Spumco studio, and they established their own animation studio called Games Animation. They put uh, a guy named Bob Camp in charge of it, who was originally working on the show, and uh, this anim Games Animation studio later became Nickelodeon Animation Studios. So, really, their own animation studios were born from this fight with John Kay. Huh. Now, Ren and Stimpy went on to last 52 episodes over five seasons, but even though it really was an amazing show throughout, the seasons three through five under Games Animation just weren't as good as seasons one and two with John Kay at the helm. It's like, you know, you go through and, and really the, the best stories, the best episodes are really in the first two seasons, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. But yeah, it's too bad things ended that way with Nickelodeon. Now, and I, I really hate to even bring this up, but years later, in 2003, John Kay did get a chance to animate Ren and Stimpy once again in the very, very short-lived series Ren and Stimpy Adult Party Cartoon <laughs> that aired on the National Network, which later became Spike TV. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it was a weird time for television. Uh, TNN was known as the Nashville Network. It was all country music and hee-haw reruns, and they rebranded themselves as TNN, the National Network. I was like, okay, and so they started airing reruns of, like, Mr. Cooper. So now they said, oh, no, no, we're going to rebrand as Spike TV. Like, we're going to be the Manly Channel. I'm like, all right. And then there was a lawsuit, because supposedly Spike Lee felt as though that was infringing upon his name. So they were kind of caught in that limbo and they had this launch party for the network, but they, they had to blur the logo because they couldn't officially show Spike TV on Spike TV just yet. 
What? It was really weird. And so they wanted to create this adult cartoon block. And so they had like Kelsey Grammer as a character named Gary the Rat. They had Pamela Anderson's show Stripperella. And they had Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon. It was just the worst animation block ever. (laughs) Well, the idea sounds very similar to Adult Swim. It it seems as though that's what they were kind of going after, that audience. Yeah. But these just, these weren't funny. And I I love Ren and Stimpy. And believe me, when when I heard that these new cartoons were being animated, I was so excited that Ren and Stimpy was coming back. But even though it was a beautifully animated cartoon, as you can imagine, it just wasn't funny. Hmm. I, I hated it. And it just, it was vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. And I, I think the network might have had a hand in that. Oh, I'm sure it did. And it was funny because John Kay tried to get Billy West to come back to do the voice of Stimpy once again, but he refused <laughs> because reportedly he felt it would have ruined his career. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. It's awful. It was really bad. So they uh, they aired only three episodes before Spike put a permanent hold on really its entire animation block. And that was pretty much the end of Ren and Stimpy for now, at least. Well, at least uh, those who have a subscription to Hulu or pick it up on Amazon can uh, relive the golden years. Yes, and there was also DVD releases. They were box sets, and they weren't really organized by season. They they have very weird titles. There's Ren and Stimpy Show, the first and second season. Then the next volume is Ren and Stimpy Show, seasons three and a (laughs) half-ish. And then Ren and Stimpy Show, season five, and some more of four. (laughs) Really weird. That is weird. And so uh, those box sets I do own copies of. I don't have Hulu. And uh, I watched the episode on that. And what's weird is that season one and two, the first and second season box set, is billed as the Ren and Stimpy show uncut. And it was really going to give fans uh, a chance to see some things you normally wouldn't have seen on Nickelodeon. And the ironic thing is that it was heavily cut. <laughs> I had VHS tapes, you know, when I, when I was younger of Ren and Stimpy show that Nickelodeon used to put out. And there were some scenes on those that weren't on the DVDs. Maybe it was an ironic name. No, because I think even John Kay was surprised at how heavily the episodes were cut. It might have been for syndication and for the increasing amount of commercial time. But yeah, a lot was not restored. Now, there are some cool features like uh, the Sven Hoek episode had a lot of pencil tests kind of thrown in as well to give you extra scenes. So it, it does give you a lot. Don't get me wrong. I do like these DVD box sets, but it's really weird. In fact... Wikipedia has an article as you go through the box sets, like they'll explain like what was missing from the, each episode. Huh. So I don't know if it's the case for this episode, Lily, but you and I might have seen different versions of this episode, so we'll have to see. All right. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Now, we begin with the show's opening sequence, uh, featuring scenes from the episode Big House Blues, along with the very famous Ren and Stimpy theme, which actually has a name I found. It's called Dog Pound Hop. <laughs> it was actually recorded by some Spumco employees under the name De Screaming Lederhosens. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, this is weird. I-, I found this in my research. It has been reported that Kurt Cobain recorded a Ren and Stimpy theme for the show in 1990. That's beautiful. It- it- but they decided not to use it. What? Why? I- 
Yeah, so Kurt Cobain went on to, to much better things uh, for a short time anyway, and the, unfortunately, the song has yet to surface. I'd love to hear it. I know. I bet it would fit the show because uh, Kurt Cobain's music was sort of in that vein, I feel, mm. Ren and Stimpy was. Yeah, and he, he had an appreciation for the blues as well, so it, you know, it's, it would fit in there. I, I, I really would love to hear something from that. Maybe one day. Maybe. So from here we open on a scene in Ren and Stimpy's living room where they're sitting on a throw rug in front of the television. As Stimpy struggles to read the TV guide, Ren asks him what's on tonight. This is an act I have never done. I've never owned a TV <laughs> guide and looked through it to figure out what was on. Except maybe at a hotel. But yeah, never within yeah. the comfort of my own home. Really? The, the on-screen guides have made it obsolete? That's true. We used to have the preview channel. Which had, uh, you know, I guess the TV Guide channel is also a version of it, where the listings would scroll three at a time on the bottom half of the screen. Huh. And by the time you found out what was on, it was like half the show was over, because it was so slow. <laughs> How far we've come. Now, all of a sudden, Stimpy is overjoyed to find out that his favorite live-action drama, Commander Hoek and Stimpy, will be on. And he's so overjoyed that he begins to recite some of the lyrics to the song Happy Happy Joy Joy, which is a, another iconic episode. And he kind of runs the TV guide over the top of Ren's head, spinning it around and around. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> now Stimpy runs off to get ready as Ren sits there pretty much a crumpled mess. It seems to be his state for like the entirety of the show. <laughs> Ren seems to be very fragile at some points and uh, very... Strong and aggressive at other points, but yeah, he's still a chihuahua, after all. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, Stimpy returns in full costume with his trusty Commander Hoek radar decoder ring, his official Commander Hoek space helmet, and his genuine super elastic time shorts. Can't leave home without the time shorts. <laughs> I guess not. But that's not all. He then unfurls his tongue to reveal a wad of gum that starts to change shape and slowly rise to the ceiling, taking Stimpy up with him, and I, I guess this is his anti-gravity bubble gum. <laughs> I can't imagine what situation you'd use that in, but cool, nonetheless. <laughs> now Ren, now annoyed, pulls him down with a crash as we hear the TV show announce, All systems go! Prepare for countdown! And as the show counts down from 10, Ren and Stimpy sit in front of the screen mesmerized, and we zoom in on the image on the TV of a rocket taking off. Now, the cartoon we are watching as viewers has now changed to the adventure of Commander Hoek and Cadet Stimpy in the year 400 billion as they roam the uncharted regions of space. <laughs> and, uh, of course, these are the characters Ren and Stimpy, but they're in blue spandex spacesuits, I guess. It would appear so. And these characters, I mean, Commander Hoek, Ren's last name is Hoek, and Stimpy, of course, is Stimpy. They're really watching versions of themselves. You you can't really nitpick the reality of Ren and Stimpy because it's just surreal anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They are their own favorite show. So we see them inside of the spaceship. They're, they're strapped to their cockpit chairs. Ren presses a button, sending them to sublight speed. <laughs> Which could be anything. Yeah. Anything <laughs> below the speed of light, I would assume. So alarms are now going off, machinery's glowing, and Ren and Stimpy's faces begin to contort from all the G-forces, you know, being pulled back. It just, uh, you know, again, beautiful drawings, beautifully animated. 
And as the thrusters engage, the rocket blasts forward, making Ren and Stimpy scream in horror as they fly straight into a black hole. <laughs> Great screaming here. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Are there more um, Commander Hoek and Cadet Stimpy episodes past this one? Yes, there's at least one other that I'm aware of. It's uh, a, an episode called Marooned, where they're, uh, you know, obviously marooned on an alien planet. So yeah, they do revisit these characters once again. I mean, it's definitely a good concept. Oh yeah, it, it, it you could see where they're heavily influenced by, you know, 50s sci-fi and everything. Yeah. The look of the gadgets and just the, the whole space exploration. So next we get a quick montage as an announcer tells the viewers that they'll see futuristic technology... Thrilling headgear, which is basically Stimpy with a toaster helmet. Yeah, I noticed that. And the camera pans up to the top of the helmet, toast pops out, and the announcer continues, spine-tingling toast. (laughs) Or hair-singeing toast. You would imagine a toaster on your head would get pretty hot. Yes. We also see them exploring vast alien worlds, which includes Ren and Stimpy sitting inside of a huge spacesuit with just their heads kind of poking out in the huge glass dome helmet. And, uh... (laughs) Another weird gag, even for Ren and Stimpy, they end their communications with Roger, and we see a guy named Roger also poke his head up from inside the spacesuit. Yeah, that was, I was like, what happened? Who is this character? (laughs) That was weird. And, And from here, we see them looking at their ship's view screen as the announcer prepares us to hurtle through the cosmos in today's turgid episode. And so the screen shows an old timey test pattern with a Native American man. As, you know, those test patterns used to be way back in the day. And that fades into the title of our first episode, Space Madness. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. But now up to this point, us as viewers, we, we've had two intros now. Yes. Which can, t- to me at first, was a little confusing. Yeah. Commander Hoek and Cadet Stimpy are now watching an episode of themselves. But Ren and Stimpy back at their house are watching this as an episode. Episodeception. Yeah, really. So uh, from here, we get a coasting view of space along with the opening credits and Dvorak Symphony Number no. 9 from the New World in E Minor. Just a great piece of classical music. And they always use classical music so well in these episodes. Probably because they're free, but still. <laughs> it just adds so much. Yeah, I definitely agree. So this episode begins as a wind-up toy rocket kind of slides into view. It was a weird gag. It, uh, cutting inside, we see an array of really 50s B-movie technology. And uh, Stimpy is monitoring some sort of waves on an oval-shaped screen as Ren makes a captain's log entry. With a garden hose attached to his forehead. <laughs> yes, the, the captain's log is done mentally, but literally. It's, his thoughts are being sucked out of his head through a hose and a special helmet. <laughs> Maybe this is the future. Oh, yeah. Well, 400 billion. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so we learn here that Commander Hoek and Cadet Stimpy are on a 36-year mission to the Crab Nebula, a trip they've made dozens of times. And uh, even though it's been said that such a trip can cause space madness. So I'd just like to point out, they've done this trip several times. Yes. They're a chihuahua and a cat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That math does not add up. No. Oldest cat and dog duo in the history. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, as we'll see, the the time scale does not work out so well. 
Ren now orders Stimpy to commence the relaxation period, and so we cut to the two of them sitting at a cozy booth in the ship's mess hall. And Ren tells Stimpy that it's break time, and they won't have to return to duty for another six years. So time is really nothing to these guys. Yeah, just hang out for six years, no problem. Take six years off, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Stimpy asks what they should do, and Ren suggests that they just spend some quality time together. And this quality time is just kind of staring across the table at each other. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think maybe they'd like pull out a board game or snack on something, but no. (laughs) No. And the camera now cuts to some gross-looking painted close-ups of their faces. (laughs) And this is really a signature of the show. This is something that's done now. uh, I think you've probably seen it if you've watched SpongeBob. Yep. You know, it's really something that a lot of cartoons have gotten from this show. These really uh, detailed, beautifully painted, but even though they're extremely grotesque, (laughs) close-ups of different characters. Yeah. I didn't realize that this is where it kind of originated from. I'm very accustomed to... I've probably seen every episode of Spongebob five times. uh, Oh, wow. And that is a very common shtick. Yeah, borrows heavily from Ren and Stimpy, stylistically. Now, all of a sudden, Ren begins to hear an annoying tapping sound just keeps going on and on and on and he notices it's stimpy tapping his finger on the table (laughs) stimpy kind of notices this too as beads of sweat begin to pour down the sides of his head (laughs) and ren begins to sweat too and and we cut to an extreme close-up of ren's bloodshot eyes as the reflection of the finger tapping can be seen in them and the tapping continues and the sound gets louder and louder it's almost like a car door slamming yeah So as the music swells, Ren finally breaks and he grabs Stimpy's hand, asking, Do you have to keep tapping like that? Calling him a bloated sack of protoplasm. (laughs) (laughs) Stimpy tells him to ease off, and Ren even apologizes, saying, you know, he's just been cooped up in there for so long. And Stimpy suggests that they both just need a good hot meal. And he runs off. Only to return with a tray of meals and tubes of what, I mean, it looks like toothpaste, but yeah, space food. Space food. Well, one is kitty stew with a picture of a cat. <laughs> the next is fisherman's pride with a picture of a fish. And the third one is braised giblets with a picture of, I, I guess, braised giblets. <laughs> yeah. It almost looked like coffee beans, but not <laughs> you, coffee. You wish. Yeah. <laughs> But Kitty Stew, I was looking at that, and I'm wondering, is this stew for cats? Is this Stimpy's food? Or is this food for Wren, a stew made out of cats? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of a chihuahua eating a cat. Yeah, but dogs eat cats in the cartoons. <laughs> I guess it's, <laughs> that's sad. It's true. It's part of the, uh, the, the cartoon food chain. Not in Wren and Stimpy, though, as we will discuss. <laughs> now... Ren is immediately disgusted by these options, he swipes the tubes off the table, he screams for some real food, and then he starts to repeatedly slam his face into the table. (laughs) There's a lot of imitatable violence in these early cartoons. (laughs) I wonder how many small children watched this (laughs) when their mother served them breakfast the next morning. I want a real meal! (laughs) Put their face into the table. Uh, I can only imagine. And now Stimpy tries to calm him down, and, and Ren's just holding his face, and he's crying, and, and you know, he's really breaking down here. I would, too. I don't want to eat toothpaste for 36 years. No, but you wonder how far into this mission they're, they're in. 
Yeah, that's true. That's never made clear. So just then, Stimpy lifts him up, kind of upside down, and tells him he thinks he knows what he needs. So we next cut to a steaming hot bath being drawn, and as the camera pans across the ship's bathroom, we see that this is actually a very giant, luxurious bathroom on this rocket ship. Yeah, how could you go crazy with facilities like that? It has, like, a locker room, which, of course, is only two people, so how many lockers do they need? But there's, like, marble statues, there's all kinds of crazy porcelain fixtures. Yeah, they each have their own urinal. (laughs) Plus some other weird urinals or sinks for aliens or something, it looks like. (laughs) But, But Stimpy tells Ren that a good hot bath is the best thing for nerves. And as Ren takes off his towel and walks over, Stimpy, of course, has to snap him with it. I just love the Ren animation where he's like, cut it out. <laughs> yeah, and he scampers across the screen. So now Ren sits in the tub. He, he kind of playfully splashes a little bit. And he reclines with a sigh and complete relaxation. So to my understanding, in other episodes of this show, Ren has taken his fur off to bathe. But in this episode, he does not. Yeah, that's right. Ren, both Ren and Stimpy. There's an episode where they go skinny dipping and yeah, they unzip their fur and they're just like a weird pinkish flesh tone. (laughs) That might have been, this might predate that idea of doing that in the episodes. And there's also another moment we have to mention. He kind of looks around to see if the coast is clear. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, fart bubbles. (laughs) Yes. As he grins. (laughs) Now to help Ren relax even more, Stimpy offers to turn off the gravity. And pressing a button on the wall, he turns it off and we fade to black. Now fading back to Ren, we see him grab the white bar of soap before it just floats away. And uh, Ren once again sighs and says to himself, Oh, this is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. (laughs) Yep. And in a a cube of water, or a rectangular prism of water with him (laughs) in it, floating up out of the tub. Yeah. Yeah, because the gravity's off and the water just lifts straight up, keeping the shape of its container. Yeah, complete and total sense. You wonder why the tub didn't rise, unless yeah, it was I guess bolted down. But I think that, it, yeah, I think it was bolted down. But yeah, Ren, Ren, the water and the soap, those are the three things floating around now. <laughs> now he's floating kind of just a few feet in the air above the bathtub. And he decides to think pleasant thoughts, which also appear on the screen next to him. Did you did you catch those? They're, it's all food, right? Yeah, he's still, still, even though he's relaxed, he's still thinking about food. So he's thinking about chicken pot pie, chocolate-covered raisins, and glazed ham. Ah, uh, yes. Can't blame <laughs> him. Food is amazing. Yes, but those three? <laughs> chocolate-covered raisins are not in my top three. <laughs> I don't know. He's a chihuahua. These are table scraps. Yeah, but chocolate's bad for dogs. Ooh, that's true. Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to be on that ship for another 36 years. Maybe it's some sort of death wish. Well, they're immortal anyway, it seems. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ren begins to giggle to himself, and, and the water and him start to float backwards out of the bathroom. And as he floats in the background, behind the hard-at-work Stimpy, he says to his bar of soap, They think I'm crazy, but I know better. It is not I who am crazy. It is I who am mad. <laughs> and I love Stimpy overhears Ren's rambling at one point. He, he look, kind of looks up. He seems a little concerned, but not enough to turn around. He just kind of shrugs and returns to whatever he's doing, pulling levers and pushing buttons. 
Yeah, so much for that six-year break. <laughs> no. <laughs> so as Ren continues to float around, which, by the way, if the gravity's off in the bathroom, he, he really shouldn't be continuing to float. Yeah. But, oh, well. And if he is floating there, why isn't Stimpy floating too? <laughs> yeah, unless Stimpy is strapped in or something. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> so Ren's floating around now and referring to his soap as his beloved ice cream bar. Saying how he loves to lick its creamy center. Oh my god. <laughs> he then proceeds to take a few big bites out of it, really savoring it as if it was actually made of ice cream. If that is my favorite moment of animation of this entire episode, mm. his mouth becoming about three times larger. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Giant teeth, and he's just like, yeah. It makes you want to like bite into something. Yeah. Perhaps a real ice cream bar, not a bar of soap. Yeah, yeah, don't eat soap. <laughs> and he's still biting on it and chewing it, and the suds are collecting around his mouth, and he's saying, oh, and you're also nutty chocolate covering. <laughs> and now as Ren floats back behind Stimpy, he continues to converse with the half-eaten soap, talking about their common interests, like wax paper and boiled football leather. <laughs> What? I don't... I have no idea. And Stimpy is now very concerned, so he gets out of his chair and, and tells Ren to stop because he's talking crazy. He's not wrong. And, <laughs> no, no. Stimpy is uh, not not too stupid in this version. In the midst of his madness, Ren interprets this earnest plea as an attempt to steal away his beloved ice cream bar. And, and Stimpy's really just trying to talk him down. But tears begin to well up in Ren's eyes as he cries out that he's had this ice cream bar since he was a child and people are always trying to take it away from him. <laughs> it's really interesting to me that it was chosen to portray the cat as like the dumb character. I know that's mm -hmm. not true in this particular episode as much. And uh, the dog to be more intelligent because... People assume that cats are smarter than dogs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, obviously it depends on the cat and the dog, but it's like an interesting choice. Yeah, it's just something you don't often see. That's a very good point. But yeah, it's uh, very, very much uh, a role reversal <laughs> when it comes to this cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Ren's, uh, Ren's the one in charge, usually. <laughs> and th there's a great moment here now because he's, he's just going crazy and he screams, you know, why won't they leave me alone? And he bursts the bathwater from around his body leaving it as a bunch of floating blobs of water around him. <laughs> and, and even the music now becomes strange and distorted electronic noise. It really does a good job of matching the insanity of the scene. Yeah, very well done. There's a lot of sound and music stingers like this for some of these odder, more surreal moments. It really lends to uh, the insanity and the surrealness and the scariness if you're a young child. Yeah, I like I said, I couldn't stomach this as a small child. <laughs> there was one episode of the Rugrats where like there were these people, I think it was about the Oregon Trail and it talked about how someone froze to death. <laughs> and like I was traumatized. Oh my goodness. I never saw that one. <laughs> or the Hey Arnold episode with the ghost. Nah, count me out. I had nightmares for a week. <laughs> So now, Ren backs himself into a corner as Stimpy continues to try to calm him down. And noticing a toothbrush, Ren grabs it and threatens to use it. 
which he eventually does, brushing his front teeth with like a really dry squeak. Yeah, awful. <laughs> Disturbing sound. <laughs> awful. Stimpy now jumps and he wrestles Ren to the ground, restraining him as he's foaming at the mouth. Uh, you know, he's not rabid, he's just got a mouthful of soap. And after a short struggle now, Ren just says, I'm hurting, and limply passes out with X's <laughs> on his eyes. <laughs> and Stimpy embraces him, and we fade to black. Now fading back in, Ren is back in his spacesuit as Commander Hoek, making another entry into his captain's log, but this time you can see he's clearly fatigued. You know, his eyes are now half open, and he's unshaven looking. Very disheveled looking Commander Hoek here. <laughs> Which is just funny, the idea of a dog needing to shave. Yes, that is... Ren looks disheveled in general. <laughs> He's had some pretty rough moments. The three stray hairs on his head. The <laughs> pinkish hue of his eyes is not probably not healthy for a chihuahua. No. Now, in this entry of the captain's log, Ren states how he is tired, and he can't believe how his own partner attacked him. And we cut to Stimpy, who's happily pulling levers, pushing buttons once again, whatever he's doing. And now Ren, with a crazy expression on his face, wonders if by occupying Stimpy's mind with more duties, he can control his space madness. <laughs> now, I, I, I haven't seen this episode in such a long time. I thought this was the end of the episode. The end of the story, at least. Where, you know, the, the joke of it is that the whole time Ren thinks that Stimpy has succumbed to space madness. When, you know, clearly from our perspective in Stimpy's, Ren is the one that's gone mad. Right. And I thought that was kind of, you know, going to be the little joke of the story and that's going to end it. But we continue, and it goes a little crazier. <laughs> so we next fade to another huge room in the ship. Giant. Where inside a glass dome at the end of a corridor, Ren tells Stimpy that he has a job for him. And in front of them is a large round table with a single red button at the center. <laughs> oh, so you know what's about to happen <laughs> Yeah, of course you, you can't just pose this scenario without, you know Well, we'll get into it <laughs> Ren, is still crazy, mind you Asks, see this button? And of course, Stimpy immediately goes to press it And Ren smacks his hand away saying Not to touch it because it is the history eraser button <laughs> Just a goof in this episode, uh, when Ren originally shows Stimpy the button, there is writing above it that says, History Eraser Button, but in scenes afterwards, the writing disappears. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that in these words that are there just for convenience sake. <laughs> yeah. Now Stimpy asks what will happen if it's pressed, and Ren tells him they don't know. Maybe something bad, maybe something good. But I guess we'll never know, because you're going to have to guard it. And though curious, Stimpy, you know, promises to guard the button, he salutes Ren as he leaves the room, and Ren is just maniacally giggling to himself. <laughs> we don't know what Ren is thinking here, and I guess the answer is that he's not thinking. He's, <laughs> he's still space mad. Absolutely. Now, Stimpy holds his ray gun, he paces back and forth in front of the button, but you can see in his eyes, as he looks over, he just wants to push this button so bad. I mean, I would. <laughs> would you? <ya>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So just then, the announcer that we heard at the beginning of the episode, he's back, and he's he's asking, Oh, how long can trusty cadet Stimpy hold out? How can he possibly resist the diabolical urge to push the button that could erase his very existence? And this announcer is going on and on, and it, it, it seems like Stimpy can hear this voiceover, as well as us, because the more this announcer talks, the more Stimpy begins to sweat and tremble, and <laughs> then we find out why Stimpy can hear the announcer. Because the camera pans over, and... The announcer's there, standing right next to Stimpy in the room. <laughs> Just a, a, another surreal element. It makes no sense, but there he is. Yeah. He's a, a balding man in a brown sports coat. He's almost got like a little antenna coming off the top of his head. I don't know if that's to make him spacey or yeah. quail-like. I don't know. <laughs> makes him fit in with the scenery. I guess. They didn't even know he was there. Just another <laughs> futuristic gadget. And now he's standing over Stimpy, practically taunting him to push the button as he begins to rattle off more questions like this. And at one point, he even picks up Stimpy, puts his nose right up to the button, trying to push him towards it. (laughs) Really, all of this is the announcer's fault. It really is. We don't know how long Stimpy would have held off for, but uh, this announcer did not make it any easier. I mean, he's physically pushing him with his hand, and then then he's... Leaning back in the opposite direction and using his butt to push Stimpy into the button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a motion which uh, I can't describe on this podcast. You just have to see it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and as the announcer asks the audience if Stimpy can hold out, Stimpy finally snaps after all this and screams, No, I can't. And he leaps into the air and sure enough, he now presses the history eraser button. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now, an alarm sounds, and we see Stimpy, you know, just kind of there off to the side, holding onto the table by his teeth. Uh, now, Ren is also standing there, still twitching with space madness, and there's the announcer in the foreground saying, Tune in next week as... And then the three of them disappear in a flash, leaving only little wisps of vapor. And the same thing uh, happens to the end card. Yeah. We cut to a Ren and Stimpy title card, and their images also disappear, leaving just vapor in its place. And I'll tell you, as like a seven-year-old watching this, that spooked me. (laughs) It really did. You know, because I I know, you know, crazy things happen within the cartoon, but this kind of broke outside of the cartoon. And I went, whoa, I didn't know cartoons could do such a thing. It's the first time I've ever seen them break the fourth wall in in this case. I can imagine being a spooked seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from here we fade to black. And that concludes the story. It's a, it's a very odd story. Uh, you wonder if they had an ending. If the, they were just like, all right, let's just erase history. I mean, that sounds like a good ending to me. <laughs> it's an ending, for sure. <laughs> that was all, it, it was great. Yeah. I mean, it seems to end their history more than anything else. I mean, the ship still exists the cartoon still exists but they don't interesting could a cartoon yeah. exist without its main characters in this reality i suppose uh, i wouldn't watch it <laughs> if well, it was technically this is a cartoon within a cartoon within a cartoon so hmm. it's just one of the cartoons erased that's true you're right because commander Howick and stimpy are watching this right so they're watching an alternate version of themselves, which in turn is an alternate version of Ren and Stimpy in general. So, yeah, yeah I guess really only one of these parallel universes popped. There, so original Ren and Stimpy are safe. 
Yeah, even the uh, space Ren and Stimpy are safe. Just not the ones they were watching on the rocket ship. Right. <laughs> I don't know if any of that makes sense. But anyway, that concludes <laughs> that story of space madness. And let's continue before we succumb to our own space madness here. <laughs> Now, the Ren and Stimpy show is great with these fake ads that they would do. And most famously, Log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's better than bad, it's good. Everybody wants a log. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the lyrics. But uh, so here we get a little different commercial. And oh, oh Powder Toastman's another one I should mention. I loved Powder Toastman, another great character. <laughs> but here we cut to a little girl in a kitchen and we get a commercial for sugar frosted milk. It's a food that pours out of the box as a gray, lumpy paste. <laughs> and <laughs> she demonstrates that by adding six ounces of cereal, you get a balanced breakfast. <laughs> and she, like, she has this bowl of sugar-frosted milk lumps and pours a little bit of cereal out of a pitcher, dry. Ugh. And cutting to the bowl, we see each individual piece of cereal scream as they drown in the sugar-frosted milk. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That's <laughs> awful. Uh. And she tells us that it stays lumpy, even in cereal. Unfortunately, I did not get this commercial watching it through Hulu. Yeah, that's strange. So I'm just living this experience through Scott's description. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. It's a, yeah, it's a little disturbing. Her, her little brother now enters the kitchen and is very excited to see the sugar-frosted milk box on the counter. He pours it into his bowl, but it's as thin as milk coming out of the box. And disappointed, he asks, hey, who stole my lumps? And panning over to his sister, she gives a wink and an okay sign to the camera, then proceeds to open her mouth and stick out her tongue, revealing a bunch of sparkling mush. Ugh. <laughs> and the boy just sits there with tears in his eyes, and, and we get a close-up of the box of sugar-frosted milk, and we fade to black. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty gross. There, there's also uh, another great commercial for dog water, which is basically dog saliva. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a gross-out cartoon. You know, this is this is uh, the perfect cartoon for me at the age that I watched it. I, I just, I, I could not get enough of this show. <laughs> Did you also collect the Garbage Pail Kids cards? They were a little before my time. I, I have a couple, but I never really got into it, no. Same kind of deal. <laughs> See, I was never into the blood and guts type of gross-out stuff. Which Ren and Stimpy really didn't get into, mainly because of the, you know, the network mandate. But, uh, you know, the, the boogers and farts and stuff I always thought were hilarious when I was that age. <laughs> <laughs> and still do, of course. So, from here, we now open on the title card for our next story of the episode, entitled, The Boy Who Cried Rat. And I love these painted title cards for each individual story are also beautifully done. This is a painted title card featuring uh, the title on a large chunk of cheese. And Ren is standing next to it, dressed in a very Mickey Mouse-like costume. Yeah, this episode definitely mimics that Walt Disney character. He's got the, the big black ears on the hat. He's got a bow tie, white gloves, the big round pants with the two buttons on the front. I mean, you know, <laughs> very, very clearly making fun of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. We also get a little bit of yodeling music in this intro, too. <laughs> now, the story begins as Ren and Stimpy are hungry and looking for food in an alley. And this is something you get quite a bit, where Ren and Stimpy start the episode homeless and hungry. Yeah, this is, this is something different from earlier this episode, where we saw that they were in a beautiful, spacious house. Yeah, interesting. It varies episode to episode. 
Just as a little fact, the video game Ren and Stimpy Vidiots uh, had a level based on this very episode. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's great. I love the Ren and Stimpy video games. I have a Ren and Stimpy Time Warp for Super NES. I That's a game I always loved. Is that just a Ren and Stimpy skin over like a basic platformer? I don't know. That's a good question. It is a great side-scrolling game. There's a little bit of dimension where you can, you know, kind of walk towards the screen and back a little bit. There's a Powder Toast Man certificates or something that you have to collect. A lot of villains from the show. Then when you go into the time warp, they actually take from this Space Madness episode because they're strapped in the cockpit and screaming. And now you're you're kind of almost in a 3D environment, zooming forward through space, and you have to fire on these walls to get your ship through it. Very, very difficult to play. And I, I, I never beat the game. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But a lot of fun. You can even team up with one another. If if Ren hits Stimpy, you know, he can pick him up and swing him around as a weapon and, and vice versa. That's interesting you say you love the video games because generally things that start as like a uh, consumable media, like a TV show or a, a movie, don't translate very well to video games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I don't know. This is back in the day when maybe some of these properties took a little pride in their video game versions some of the simpsons ones were pretty fun ducktales was always fun yeah i owned a simpsons video game for the ps2 when i was younger it was like a taxi driving game that you could oh yeah pick up different characters from the game and drive as other characters i loved that game that was great and all, i should mention all the ninja turtle games those are great too yeah yeah i don't know but later on yeah anything that came out for a movie pretty much stunk but uh, anyway, back to the episode. So they're hungry, they're starving, they're looking for food in an alley. Now standing on Ren's back, the drooling Stimpy rifles through a dumpster, looking for any possible morsel. And now uh, sitting down to eat what Stimpy found, Ren feels honored that Stimpy would give him the can while he ate the sock. How generous. <laughs> but before they could even consume the garbage, a higher mammal, as Ren describes him, Scares them off, waving a golf club and, and yelling at them to stay away from his trash because, well, uh, a man works hard for his filth. It, he gets really emotional about it, too. I know. <laughs> it was really <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> now, this guy is uh, George Licker, the character George Licker, or, or somebody very closely based on him. And uh, that's who I mentioned earlier, the guy that Ren savagely beat in a band episode. So we next cut to Ren and Stimpy sitting on the curb in a nice suburban neighborhood as they wonder how they are going to find food. And Stimpy suggests that they work, but Ren wants no part of it. Of course not. In fact, he yells so loud in Stimpy's ear that, did you see his brain kind of shot out the other side? Yeah, a drumstick. <laughs> Chicken leg. <laughs> and Stimpy apologizes, but just then, Ren is inspired and comes up with a plan. He tells Stimpy that they first must wait for night... And the rest of the plan is inaudible to the audience because Ren whispers it into Stimpy's ear. Ooh. We get that. <laughs> now from here, we cut to that night as Ren is standing on Stimpy's back, looking through a window of a house and holding a bag of tools. Stimpy says, see you tomorrow, Ren. And cutting inside the house, we see Ren sneaking into the house and across the floor. So when you saw this, what did you think their plan was? What was your suspicion? Huh. 
trying to think back to the first time I've ever seen it. I would imagine that I would just assume as a child that they're going to sneak into the house to steal food. That was my exact suspicion. They still that would have gone over much better than what they were they're actually going to do. <laughs> this is Ren's plan, mind you, so, you know, it's going to be silly. All right. Well, with that in mind, <laughs> let's continue. Well, Ren now sneaks into the house at night. Everything's dark. He goes all the way over to the wall. And he kind of knocks on the wall, finds a hollow spot, and opens his bag of tools. Y- you think, I mean, it's like one of those old tool bags that looks like it would have burglary tools or something. And yeah. he pull- pulls out a live beaver. Pull, yep. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. <laughs> and uh, it- it's kind of a live animal because he pulls a ripcord on its back. And it really makes like a chainsaw sound and... He uses it, you know, uses its sharp incisors to make a giant-sized mouse hole, and he enters the inside of the wall of this house. (sighs) So we next cut to morning at the house, where Stimpy is wearing kind of like an old-timey hobo hat, and he's even got a patch on his tongue. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, what is that for? (laughs) It's a weird visual gag to imply that he's kind of like, I don't know, like a hobo, really, you know? But it's weird because the the patch comes back a couple of times, too. Usually those quick visual gags disappear after one viewing, but no, this this comes back a couple of times. Weird. Interesting. So the the lady homeowner answers the door, and and we the viewers only see her as a pair of legs from the knee down. Very much like a Charlie Brown style. Yep, Charlie Brown. I was thinking also uh, Muppet Babies, if you've ever seen that show. The uh, nanny, you can only see her from the legs down. Uh, Also, Looney Tunes had it quite a bit. So this is a a common trope throughout cartoons. And really, as we go through this episode, we'll see that this is really a parody of a lot of old-timey cartoons. Yeah. So Stimpy hands her his business card, which reads, Stimson J. Cat, Professional Mouse Catcher. (laughs) Which I think this is the first time we see his full name in use. Uh, I think you're right about that. So the lady finds Stimpy's business proposal very cute and decides to pull him in, like really yanks him into the house. Sure, just yank a stray cat into your house, <laughs> wearing <laughs> after he's just given you his business card. <laughs> so she then shows him to her husband, who is sitting in an easy chair reading the newspaper and wearing just his red robe and socks with garters and slippers. <laughs> yeah, very odd. We've seen this character, this guy, a few times throughout the run of the show. Just a general guy. That's all he is. (laughs) Never see his face or anything. So she asks if they can keep Stimpy. You know, keep him around to catch mice. The husband's not that impressed at all. I think he even says, like, yeah, that's a cat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it really tells her they don't need Stimpy because they don't have mice. Little do they know. He is right. They have a chihuahua, not a mouse. <laughs> That's true. But of course, at this very moment, Ren pops his head out of the mouse hole, wearing, of course, his now Mickey Mouse costume and yelling, Squeak! Squeak, I tell you! Squeak! <laughs> he's also devouring and punching a, a big chunk of Swiss cheese. <laughs> I love the fact that he's like staring down the gentleman and <laughs> punching the cheese. Like, <laughs> that's probably the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. If a mouse lived was living in my wall and just like stared me down and started punching a slice of cheese, I would be terrified. <laughs> 
This is Ren, more of Ren's aggressive behavior. <laughs> and now the husband, kind of lowering his newspaper to get a look at him, he spots Ren, calling him the ugliest mouse that he's ever seen. Not and, wrong. And, <laughs> no, not at all. And seeing that he's beating up their cheese prompts him to hire Stimpy as their mouse catcher for $5. Seems like a steal. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> And Ren looks on, and he's just rubbing his hands together. He's got dollar signs in his eyes. Of course. So the husband commands Stimpy to catch Ren, and they now put on their act for the homeowners. You know, it's like Ren is taunting Stimpy and running away, very cartoony, asking, Oh, will no one save me? <laughs> and Stimpy's almost like reading from a script. He's like, That's right, you're in for it now. Your days are numbered. This is very Tom and Jerry-esque. Oh, yes. <laughs> With all the slapstick comedy and running into pots and pans, yeah. running into a door and accordioning into a pancake, you know? <laughs> and not usual for Ren and Stimpy. So the fact that they're employing these things shows you that they really want to, you know, probably pay homage to Tom and Jerry, you know, cartoons like that. Yeah. Ren now bonks Stimpy on the head with a wooden mallet. It's just like really playing up the overly fake cartoon violence. Yeah. Now, to us, this is overly fake, but not to the wife, because she thinks this fake chase is pretty gruesome, and she's now nervously pacing on top of the grandfather clock. How she got up there, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, Ren and Stimpy's cartoony chase continues. And we got uh, we got another gag here, like you mentioned, the, the pots and pans. He gets hit in the face with a pan, and, and it leaves fried eggs over Stimpy's eyes. <laughs> I swear I've seen that in another cartoon. Yeah. It's amazing to me that those eggs didn't pop. Like the yolk <laughs> didn't just run everywhere. Yeah. So uh, now Ren and Stimpy, of course, have to take it to the extreme. So, you know, they do this cartoony chase, then go into the kitchen, which they have a door to their kitchen. So once they're in there behind it, the wife of the house, she's now on top of the couch, kind of pacing around nervously. And from the other side of the door, Ren is screaming in horror, pretending that Stimpy is now stabbing him. And he is only slicing a tomato. <laughs> yes. Very big tomato. Yeah. But these sounds are so gory. You know, these squishing, stabbing sounds and, and Ren just screaming. Uh, this is something Tom and Jerry did not give us. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we cut to a little later. We see that Ren and Stimpy are in the middle of the kitchen floor eating sandwiches. Living the life. Yeah. I will just repeat. They could have done this without the whole show <laughs> beforehand. Yeah, and like, it could have ended here. It really. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they're they're sitting there eating their sandwiches. They're all happy. It's probably their first meal in a long time. And they're slamming the floor. Like, you know, Ren's slamming the floor with a pan. He's yelling, oh, stop it, help. And Stimpy's breaking plates over his head. And they're really just trying to simulate a violent chase in the kitchen. <laughs> If I was one, any one of those homeowners, I would uh, be really upset that my plates were being broken. Oh, I know. But I guess that's all just part of the cost of getting rid of such an ugly mouse. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that beats on your cheese. <laughs> so once they're done eating now, Ren pretends to escape from Stimpy's grasp and runs out of the kitchen into the living room, making a break for the mouse hole. It's time to, you know, put an end to the show. So before he can dive through, Stimpy very cartoonishly holds out a catcher's mitt, catches him before he goes in, and he's now holding Ren by the tail, 
and Stimpy is starting to walk Ren over to the door, and, and Ren is pretending to plead not to be thrown out into the cold, dark night. <laughs> now, just when it looks like their plan is going perfectly, the husband asks Stimpy if he's going to eat the mouse. You know, in that cartoon food chain, this is what the cat does when he catches the mouse. He wants to eat him. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and Stimpy and Ren, are they're both shocked. You know, <laughs> they, they didn't see the, the plan going this way. And so Stimpy kind of nervously complies, very slowly opens his mouth, and, and very lightly kind of bites on top of Ren's head. Very funny animation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when he, like, stops biting his head, Ren's head is all mangled and squished. <laughs> and the wife, who just couldn't take any of the, the gruesomeness of this chase, is now encouraging Stimpy to eat him up good. The husband and wife, they both want to see Stimpy eat Ren now. And, and Stimpy is so sad. On his, you can see his face. He's just so upset now. And Ren now has these big, sad puppy dog eyes that are tearing up. He even looks like he's whispering something. Oh, I think he's praying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, he pops Ren into his mouth completely, but he doesn't chew. And we get like this grotesque scene of his teeth. Is that when he starts to chew him or can we see his teeth now? We can see his teeth now. They're not as grotesque yet, but you know, scale really changes. The The mouse hole was supposed to be the size of Ren, which is almost the size of Stimpy, but now Ren is so small, he's inside of Stimpy's mouth, sitting on his tongue with giant rows of teeth on either side. Yeah. Just strange. <laughs> Just a note on those teeth. Uh, this episode predates the episode uh, Ren's Toothache hmm. because in that episode, Stimpy's teeth are in very poor shape, as we'll discuss later the mm -hmm. zoom and got like a wooden tooth <laughs> uh while the episode rents toothache shows that stimpy takes very good care of his teeth mm. yes definitely so now Ren's in there but stimpy won't chew you know he's still trying to save his friend make it look like he ate him and he's you know got him in his mouth he's trying to hold his mouth closed and stimpy politely waves and makes his way towards the door but just before he can leave, the wife tells him, you know, chew him up. Chew Ren up. So, <laughs> cutting back inside Stimpy's mouth, the giant rows of teeth begin to raise and separate. And Ren is now struggling to hold them up in place. <laughs> and now we cut back outside of Stimpy. We just cut to Stimpy himself and seeing him chew. And it's like, ugh. It's, he's, I know. He's really chewing. Yeah. You would think he could just try and fake it, but... No, he's going for it. And he's he's chewing and rubbing his belly, you know, pretending to enjoy the meal, you know, because he still is trying to, you know, keep up appearances for this this couple. And now back inside, this is where we, we get that, that gruesome look at, at Stimpy's teeth as Ren is now just being ground back and forth between the rows of teeth. Oh, looked very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, like you were saying, the, the teeth are terrible. They're filthy and not all of them are teeth. <laughs> no. We get the, there's a gold one, there's there's the wooden one, like you mentioned, which has a couple of nails sticking out of it. <laughs> yeah. There's even, uh, I mean, I think almost all of them are cracked. And yes. One even has like a steel plate. <laughs> so it looks like you got some sort of repair work done on one of them. So yeah, pretty, pretty gross. So as Ren now clings for dear life to the roof of Stimpy's mouth, Stimpy tries to dislodge him with his giant tongue and even, you know, his finger. <laughs> and now noticing that Ren might 
be a little too big for him to swallow, the wife now gives him a tall glass of milk. And so Ren is forced to hang on to Stimpy's uvula to escape the deluge of milk. And once it disappears, we see Ren is left there, just costume tattered, body beat up, and, and now he has reached his breaking point. Can't say that I blame him. This has gone too far. <laughs> and I like here, he even declares that he's going mad. <laughs> I wonder if that's a nod to the other episode or if that's just something that happens often where Ren loses his brain. It's hard to say because, yeah, Ren is so aggressive and crazy that maybe this is coincidence. But, yeah, it's just funny to see these two stories back to back with Ren having uh, these psychotic episodes. <laughs> <laughs> then again, he is a chihuahua, so. Yeah. Uh, so he then takes out a feather from his pocket and tickles the inside of Stimpy's mouth, causing Stimpy to wharf out a giant wet hairball, which Ugh. is Ren. If you want to get even grosser with the wet hairballs, there's an episode where they find out that Stimpy's hairballs have a ton of wonderful uses. They, they cure pink eye, they, you know, they do all these amazing things. And uh. so there is a market for them. And Stimpy has to kind of work on an assembly line, wharfing up these uh, disgusting gray hairballs. <sighs> and so much so that he exhausts his, his hairball gland, which every cat has. <laughs> disgusting oh it's hairballs do not do any of those things <laughs> no they do not do not yeah don't they just touch make them, folks. me very unhappy that i have to clean them up <laughs> so once the couple now discovers that this wet hairball is not a wet hairball it's actually the quote-unquote mouse they decide to dry him off for the cat because he must be starving so <laughs> at this point ren is like uh-uh no way he refuses to go through all of that all over again so he pulls off his ears, and he tells them that he is not a mouse. He is actually an asthma hound chihuahua. That's uh, his official breed. Yeah, just has a certificate to prove it. <laughs> takes that out, too. That's pretty funny. So now that the ruse is over, Ren tells Stimpy, Okay, give the couple back their $5. <laughs> but Stimpy begins to cry, admitting that he can't, and that Ren will smack him. <laughs> and I, I like the when Ren now responds, Well, when have I ever... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kindly asks him the reason why. And what's the reason why? He ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. This is that all the talk about eating made him hungry. Yeah. It's like you, you just ate a sandwich in the middle of this episode. Yeah, even all the eating made him hungry. <laughs> <sighs> so, of course, what happens? Ren starts uh, smacking him. Yeah, get smacked around. <laughs> now, the story ends with a, a scene of Ren and Stimpy washing stacks upon stacks upon stacks of dishes as the wife gives them a list of other chores that they have to do when they're done. So evidently, they're not going to get away with it. They they have to do some chores to pay off the, the $5 that it cost. Sounds like an awful lot of chores for $5. It is, yeah. Well, of course, they, they also put a hole in the wall, broke some plates, as you mentioned. So okay. there's some damages too, I guess. <laughs> Did you catch the list of chores that were given to them? They're absurd. <laughs> Mowing the hedges was one of them, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what What are the others? Well, the first one is vacuum the rug. Okay. Which is fine. Paint the lawn. Ah, yes. Paint the lawn. <laughs> Mow the hedge. And the last one was shave the chickens. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And 
And now Ren and Stimpy just look straight at the camera with a defeated look as the screen narrows to black. And that's the end of this story. Oh, man. <laughs> I would love to see them shave chickens. That could be a whole episode in itself. <laughs> uh, it'd be pretty disturbing. <laughs> but we're not done yet. They, these must have come in a little too short, so they actually had to add an extra segment at the end for us. And you got this in the Hulu episode, Lily? I did, yes. This entire episode ends with a small scene where Ren is telling us at home that there is only five more days until a holiday known as Yak Shaving Day. <laughs> <laughs> a play on uh, Christmas. Yeah. And a great visual gag here, too, where Ren is, you know, kind of explaining five days left. So he he's a cartoon, so he doesn't have five fingers. So he holds up all four on one hand and one finger on the other. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, yak shaving day. And I guess there's a there's a lot of steps to get ready. Did you catch all of them? <laughs> uh, okay. There's a hot bowl of lather next to the sink. Yes. Sauerkraut in your father's boots coleslaw but yeah you know, I, I guess that would be okay okay coleslaw coleslaw <laughs> cabbage uh, cabbage nonetheless what are the other ones well the first thing you got to do is decorate your house with disposable diapers right how can i forget about the diapers <laughs> the yak surely will not visit me on uh, yak shaving day and stimpy's up there with like a staple gun <laughs> these things are not coming down for a while no but yeah that that last Step is to leave a bowl of hot lather and a razor next to the, uh, the the bathroom sink. And so Ren next tells us that on Kilted Yak Eve, which the, the kilt kind of just came out of nowhere, the shaven yak arrives on his enchanted canoe, and we, we see above the house in silhouette the image of this flying yak in a canoe. And so we next see the yak make his way into Ren and Stimpy's bathroom through the bathtub drain. <laughs> This whole thing is just extremely bizarre. It really is. <laughs> and I love how the yak goes up to the, the bathroom mirror and he kind of like checks out his face and he's like, Ugh. like he, he needs to shave. That's all he does to every house all night is noticing that he needs to shave and I shaving. I mean, how can he really be called the shaven yak if he needs to shave? Yeah, it's yak shaving day, but he's called the shaven yak. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, whatever. So he shaves and, you know, rinses out the razor. So the next morning, Stimpy's all happy. He awakens. He runs to the bathroom sink and just so ecstatic to discover the shaving scum that was left for him in the sink. Gross. <laughs> I thought he was going to eat it. Oh, man. I would not be surprised if that was uh, originally in the intent, but... I mean, this was just as gross. He, he scrapes it out with his finger and kind of wipes it, kind of smears it into his front pocket, Ugh. saying, he got my letter. Ugh. And it's just like soggy, dripping out of the front of his pocket. <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, and we then fade to black in the closing credits. And, and there was a company called Palisades Toys, which... I think in like 2005, they put out Ren and Stimpy action figures. Uh-huh. And I did buy a set of these. There was a, a Ren, a Stimpy, a Mr. Horse, who's a character we had not seen in this episode, but another great character, and the Shaving Yak. 
So somewhere in a, in a box somewhere, I do have the the shaving yak. He comes with lather that sticks to his chin, and he has a little razor he holds in his hand. It's very funny. That's awesome. <laughs> they don't make toys like they used to. No, I think Palisades Toys is out of business too, which is unfortunate. This is the, the shaving yak. <laughs> that was my. I liked the shaving yak skit better than I liked the episodes actually. Yeah. I thought it was funnier. For yeah. me, the Space Madness one was a little far-fetched and like went on like too long for mm-hmm. me. I liked the boy who cried rat. That was funny. <laughs> I mean, I liked the cartoon. For all you listeners out there who want to watch Ren and Stimpy, look for Hulu doing a free week-long trial because that is how I watch this episode and I will surely be watching at least the first two seasons. I might not bother with uh, three through five, knowing that John Kay doesn't have a hand in them. It was it was great. I had only seen one episode, only partially, before I watched this for the podcast. It was an episode about Stimpy's fart, I think. Oh, yeah. That's a later one, too. It was funny. I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, yeah, that seems like a cartoon I would enjoy. I better... Yeah, that episode, I believe it's either one complete episode or it's two continuing stories within an episode. But yeah, it's it's in that first season, first and second season box set. It's called Son of Stimpy slash Stimpy's First Fart. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. The description says, Stimpy squeezes and a stench is born. Ren thinks it's just a stinky fantasy, but when Stinky floats away, Stimpy abandons his friend to search through rain and snow and dark of night. It'll take a Christmas miracle for Stinky to return to his warm, snuggly home. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to check because I thought that might have taken place on Yaxmas instead of Christmas. But no, it looks like this was their attempt at a Christmas episode. That's awesome. I can't wait to rewatch that. And just looking at this box set, I didn't realize the, the last episode they put on here is Man's Best Friend. Ooh. Yeah, so... I'm like, I know I saw it before, and yeah, this is where I saw it. So even though it was, quote-unquote, the banned episode, it's available on the DVDs, maybe on Hulu, Lily, I don't know. Huh, I'll have to check it out. I'm sure it probably exists on there. It's it's not, like, ridiculously violent, but for, you know, Nickelodeon standards, yeah, I could see why they didn't want to air that. Yeah, basically my conclusion is, I like the show, I'm going to watch seasons one and two. Yeah, I, I love this show. It's, like I said before, so beautifully animated, so well done. I, I, I really appreciate it and love it on a whole different level now that I'm older. Uh, some of the gags are funny, but some of it's just stupid sophomoric humor just for the sake of it. Uh, but yeah, it's so great. And I love John Kay's animation, the Spumco style that uh, you really get in these first two seasons. There's also a show that he did called The Ripping Friends. That aired in Canada, and it's about a team of superheroes that also, you know, very much in that surreal Spumco style. I, I do have a DVD of it, but it's not the first season. They they only issued a, a DVD with four episodes, and Adult Swim ran it very, very briefly, but that's a, that's another great show. And, and also, if you are a, a John K fan, he did a series of episodes of Yogi Bear for uh, Adult Swim. Yeah, there's one called Boo Boo Runs Wild where he just becomes like a feral version of himself. 
Oh my god. There, there's I think there's either two or three, and I, I think Adult Swim has them on their official YouTube channel. Very much worth uh, checking out. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> and I should also mention that there's rumors that there may be some Nicktoons-based movies, or at least one, in the works, and Ren and Stimpy might be involved. So this might not be the end of Ren and Stimpy altogether. These characters might find some new life in the future, so we'll just have to see. I'll be interested to see it. Me too. Well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, your favorite brand of ice cream bar, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, Lily, do you have anything you want to plug? Just my Twitter account. Uh, I am LilyPution22 on Twitter. That's my handle. I talk about video game stuff, um, tweet out projects that I'm working on, and that's about it. Very nice. I am on Twitter as well. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. I am also on Vine, and there I do flip page cartoons, little humorous animations, and there my name is also MC and Friends. If you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out, and if you do, you'll get a shout-out on the show. You can also tap to rate us five stars right there on our iTunes page, and I think even through the podcast app. For Android users, we are also available to stream in or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio and the Google Play Music app. So check us out on those platforms as well. And also, if you are a Roku user, you can download the TuneIn Radio Roku channel and set Hitting Play as a favorite. And right when our episodes are posted, you can listen to us right there on your television. The future is grand. Well, we have been Lily and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going mad! (laughs) Uh, Good enough. Okay.